again. Welcome to season three of Miami's new hip hop millennial podcast talk show, Full of Culture. I'm your host, Fox Steph, aka Bad Teacher, 2Ds, alright? And we're here checking in, or shall I say, to get a check up here at Optimal Health Medical Center here in Miami Gardens. And today I am here to interview a fine couple by the name of Dr. Abraham Hollis and Kristen Hollis. How are you doing? We're doing good today. (laughs) Okay. And excuse my little cough, you know, see I'm in the right place. So I want to ask the most basic question, which is, Who's who came up with the name Optimal? Who did that? With that name, that's a good one. Wow, that <laughs> you was know a long time ago. Yeah. Like a oh wow, really? That name, but I think it started um, from the nonprofit or yeah. from the consulting. Like we've had this name for a while before it became mm. Optimal Health Medical Center. Mm-hmm. Maybe like five years ago, mm-hmm. we came up with Optimal Health Consultant. And that's when we started, like, our um, pharmacy consulting business. Oh, okay. Where we were just um, helping people understand their medications and how to take it. Mm -hmm. And I think we were just, you know, looking at some different words on some kind of health-related words and see what kind of sounded good to us. And we kind of just, you know, put it together, like optimal. Yeah, optimal. And then I remember when we were sitting down, it's kind of like the best what you want to feel like, mm-hmm. what you want to express. So if you want to feel excellent, great, and healthy, what better word can you choose mm-hmm. other than best? It, so that was the best word. It's, it's a pretty cool word. Nice name. I just wanted to, you know, let you know that. Mm-hmm. Now, are you both products of HBCUs? Yes, we are. We both went to Howard University. Howard. Shout out to Howard. Now, um, speaking of HBCUs, we have something called the Password of the Week. And the Password of the Week is HBCU, which stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And it means simply a college or university that was originally founded to educate students of African American descent. But it's pretty much a source of accomplishment and great pride for African-American community as well as the entire nation. Would you agree? Absolutely. absolutely. All right. So um, a little off topic. Mm -hmm. All right. But still on subject. Last year, Beyonce headlined uh, Coachella, Mm -hmm. the 2018 Coachella. And um, it was, (laughs) what'd you say? Baychella. Baychella. She knows, right? (laughs) All right, it's uh, it's the biggest. It's like such a what did it bucket list music yeah. festival to attend. Mm-hmm. So last year she headlined, and it was a big deal because she was the first black woman ever to do so, as well as probably only the third woman yeah. after like Lady Gaga and somebody else I've never heard of. So you know it's a big deal. Um, but if you guys didn't know, I'm not sure if you knew, but she was supposed to headline it in 2017. But it was canceled because she was pregnant, right? But what's so amazing is that um, Netflix has released the documentary called Homecoming, Beyonce's Homecoming. And it showcases um, basically 
the fact that she had the hurt, like she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and we know nine months, all right. And then within nine months, she had to prepare to headline Coachella, and not half behind it either. Like that was a show, and she also showcased HBCUs. The marching bands are a huge part of HBCUs in the culture. Did you guys attend any games when you were in Howard? Yeah. Well, you know Howard's not known. For their athletic department. But HBCUs, period. But but I was in the band. I was actually... Really? Yeah, I wow. A, I was in the auxiliary. The, the, we, we were called the Flashy Flags. Oh, so, you were a flagette? Yeah. I know Norlin called them flagettes. Yeah, Norlin, I. At Carroll City, we were flagettes, too. So okay. I was in the band at Carroll City, and then I did it at Howard, too, until I got into the pharmacy program. So that was... Probably one of my, you know, that shouldn't be one of your top determining factors to go to HBCU, but that was something that was like a plus. Like, okay, I could be part of the band, and that's a good experience as well. Yes. Now, wow. You shocked me saying you was part of the band. Like, I wasn't expecting that. But what I do expect is one thing about pharmacy students. They say, they like, say that. a lot of times, lot of times we, we never, never see y'all. See like, when you're yeah. in college, you yeah. never see those never students. See like, like because, because don't y'all have about seven classes or something? Like, nine or... Nine. You have a lot of classes. It's, it's, but it's the intensity of the classes. That have y'all buried in y'all books. But did y'all still manage to have a life? I think the thing about Howard is, Howard is located in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is a big city. So you don't really have a choice. Because I have, I mean, I came originally from Nigeria. I moved to Michigan. And okay. what actually made me go to Howard was um, one of my counselors in Michigan was like, you know, we should look into HBCU and maybe we'll be interested in HBCUs. I didn't know nothing about HBCUs then. And she told, uh, she spoke to me about Xavier, but it was right after Katrina. So everything was kind of like, she trying to get stuff together. And she was like, I bought Howard. And I didn't know anything about Howard at that time. So that day after she spoke to me, I just went on um, on the website. Right. It was I was about I was in Washington D.C. But one thing I saw about that mission statement was they trying to give minority a chance to get into the healthcare field and give back to the community. And I was like, you know what? That's where I'm going. So when I actually went to Howard, I experienced everything. I was like, you in a big city. NIH, WHO, all these World Health Organizations, all these big organizations are located in Washington, D.C. So networking was something that came natural to Mm -hmm. us going to Howard. And also the exposure and then also knowing we have to do more than just being a student at Howard. So depending on the volunteer um, work we did or um, the rotations we chose to do was just gearing us to be able to come come back to our community and also give back. All right, that's what's Mm -hmm. up. So I, from the sounds of it, it seems like y'all had a good experience at Howard pretty much. Yeah. Do y'all ever attend the homecoming events even after or during? Y'all do? Yeah. Back a couple times. I heard about y'all homecoming. Like, um, 
Florida A&M University. <clears throat> yeah, our homecoming is like so, it's such a big deal. Let's just say that. But I will say, y'all homecoming kind of messing with us, you know. I remember I used to say, yeah, fam, you homecoming, the best homecoming. And, and people would say, but have you been to Howard's? Like, what does that mean? Like, So I have to go to a Howard homecoming one day. Because you get the college experience, but then you get that city experience too. And like DC is a very great so city for young um, entrepreneurs, a young black. Mm -hmm. It's a nice wow. city, beautiful city. All right, All right. it should be a commercial for going and moving to DC. <laughs> All right, so um, once again, uh, Beyonce's Homecoming was released about last month, and uh, she paid homage to the HBCUs. Uh, I will say, um, attending a HBCU for, the, uh, for college is totally different experience than a PWI. Which I, yeah, so it's, it's a different thing. So, Optimal Health Medical Center. What kind of services do you guys provide? Like? What all kind of services you provide? I'll start it off. So we're a full-service medical center. Uh, uh, the main thing is the primary care section. We provide primary care, immediate care. So like if you need to just walk in, you have a cold, you have a headache, something where you need to see the doctor immediately because you're not feeling well, we do accept walk-ins. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have an on-site pharmacy. And then we have a social services department. That's where we have the access center, and we help people apply for Medicaid, food stamp, cash assistance, different um, yeah, insurance assistance, housing assistance. A lot of assistance. Yeah, a lot of assistance. Different kind of assistance that help you get on your feet and get your get settled in your household. Yeah. And we also have something called the Optimal Living Center. So that's separate from the primary care section, but still tied together. Oh, really? How? Like, what, what is the optimal living point? Optimal living center. That's where we do our different preventative care educational classes and also still connect people to, so, to social resources. So that's where we do, like, nutritional classes, um, medication therapy management, or um, educate people about different disease states, and just how to achieve their overall optimal How do you get into classes like that? So that one, right now we have, we schedule different classes throughout the month, and they all focus on different topics. So the easiest way, you can either visit our website. We do have a calendar on there where we have different events that are coming up. We also uh, will we'll usually promote it on social media if we have something coming up, or just by simply calling the office and you can join like our listserv, and we'll make sure to email you out anytime yeah. we have an event coming up. Okay. Now, all right. So, what kind of insurance do you need? Um, what sh what kind of insurance do you all accept? We accept a lot of different plans. So we accept Medicare. Mostly all commercial plans, we expect Medicaid, and then also for people who are uninsured, which is a big population now because of all the different legislative stuff that's been going on with insurance. We do offer an affordable, uninsured discount program. So we're very flexible. We just, you know, we're trying to help our community and be flexible for 
everyone's different needs. Speaking of community, once again, we're in Miami Gardens. Um, interesting. <laughs> but uh, we're in Miami Gardens. What um, did you guys choose this location? Well, I'm sure it was purposeful, but I'm like, what was the purpose of choosing this particular location? Was it um, any importance, like something you were focused on when you chose this area? Well, First of all, I want to state that I am from Miami Gardens. Hey, hey. I was raised here. My family lives here. My kids go to school here. And I'm just really invested in this community. Yeah. Product of her environment. Yes. Product of her environment. So when we decided to move back down after mm -hmm. college, uh, you know, we were just working and going through our own personal life. Um, yeah, personal life growth and struggles. Mm -hmm. And when we finally came up with the idea to open up the medical center, this was one of the first places we considered. We considered Miami Gardens, mm -hmm. and then we considered even over the Overtown area too. Yeah. Okay. Because we were just looking okay. at different areas, yeah, you know, yeah. different areas. Where there's a need. Interesting. But our heart was always heart was in Miami Gardens. And this Plaza, actually. Yeah, wow. So there was actually a day, because um, this plaza, actually since we uh, secured this location over two years ago, nothing has been open since then. But we, when we drove around and we're looking for a spot to be, we were like, we need to be in this plaza because it's between Miami Gardens and Opalaka. It's right by the highway, uh, E26, and this is uh, called Central Location. And there was just a day we were driving down. I think we just came from the barber shop, and we drove down. like, hey, you know what? This shot looks like it's up. Let's turn around and see what's going on. And we saw the for lease signs, and we called. And the price was reasonable, and we jumped on it. We weren't fully ready. But we knew this was a sign. And from there, we got an architect and just started the whole process. And two years later, we're here now. That's what's up. All right. Now, started from the bottom now, yeah. Now, what made, um, I'm going to ask you, and I would like to know your answer as well. What made you choose this practice, this, this whole realm, pharmacy and medical? Okay. So, the idea initially... This idea was built upon. It was like, yeah, layers on layers, and we finally ended up with this overall concept. So I think the first thing that started it off was, or the first thing that initially inspired us to kind of want to do more in our community, to do more um, than what we were just doing by working at our job as a pharmacist. So our son, he has um, the sickle cell disease. Um, he was born with a sickle cell disease, which was a big shock for us. And it was, if I want to give you, first I want to give you a little background about sickle cell disease for people who may not know. Mm -hmm. It's the inherited blood, genetic blood disorder. And it's when your body, instead of producing like the round red blood cells, they start to produce sickle-shaped red blood cells. Like yeah, like curved yeah, like or C-shaped. Mm -hmm. And then when that happens, your um, blood cells cannot carry enough oxygen throughout your body. 
Yeah, yeah, they can get stuck. It can cause blockage. It can cause pain, severe pain. They call it sickle cell crisis, stroke, um, kidney damage, organ damage. It can just lead to a lot of different complications. Um, some of them have to get like their spleen removed, and it could just, it could just. Some of them have like a really poor quality of life because. They just always have to watch out for their, be cautious for that, or they're in and out the hospital. So knowing that, it was very scary for us. And my husband, he has personal experience with the sickle cell disease as far as people that have that are close to him or that were close to him that have passed away from the disease. Mm -hmm. And it also runs in the family. And it also runs in the family. It, that was news to me too, as far as for me. We didn't know that it ran in the family. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't know, my dad didn't know. When, when I found out I had the trait when I was pregnant with my oldest son, that was news to all of us. Mm. For him, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, because. Like, I knew I carried a trait and stuff, and that was something that from where I'm from. We actually have the highest population of um, people with a sickle cell trait or disease. So it's something that we taught at an early age that when you do marry, make sure your spouse doesn't carry the trait if you have the trait. And um, unfortunately, that happened to us. And when I got to the news, it was very devastating because of my own personal background stories, friends, roommates that passed away from it few years prior. And even being at Howard, I did a couple of studies on sickle cell. So when that happened, it was kind of shocking. So that's what really kind of like um, gave us the opportunity or we felt like we had to do more. So we started looking into all that alternatives, holistic health, natural supplements, whatever it takes, just to make sure it stays healthy. Because um, I'm originally from Nigeria, and most people that, was, that were actually born with six or that had actually born with six don't live to see five years old. So what? that's something I'm actually used to and know. And the stats are there. And um, so when my son was born, it was just something that we had to do something, and it was very urgent. So um, growing up, or him growing up, we started looking into a lot of natural supplements, holistic medicine, making sure he has his smoothies almost every night, making sure his immune system stays high, because just an ordinary cold, or strep throat or pneumonia could be very devastating. So um, looking into the different vegetables, herbs, and then making it into a smoothie form and making sure that he achieves his optimal health. And growing up, it was actually surprising when you take him to hospital for checks up and they tell you it's over 95 percentile in height and weight. And that's something that's not really known for a sickle cell patient. And till today, he's six years old, he's never been hospitalized for any sickle cell related conditions. Wow. You know, wow. that, that's, that's just crazy. It's, so basically, if you eat how you should, you can prevent a lot of things. 
Um, it also reminds me of, are you familiar with, I'm not too familiar, but I, I, I've heard of his practices, Dr. Sibi. Yeah. Sabi? Yeah. Um, I hear people say his name different kind of ways. But yeah, did you guys like look into like what he was doing and how he was helping people get cured? No, back then. Not really, because mm-hmm. I don't think it was really well known. Like, I mean, we didn't really know, or we weren't really that conscious of what's going on with health. Mm-hmm. Because being in the medical field, you only learn certain things. And now, with what I know, a lot of these issues we deal with are very similar. They start from inflammation standpoint. If you have asthma, hypertension, even sickle cell, it's a lot of inflammation that's going on in the body. Then what causes inflammation? Maybe it's mucus buildup that causes that. And that leads to other stuff. Even if you look at cancer too, it's the same thing. But with our son, it was sickle cell. So how could we cut that down? It's all natural stuff. So a lot of things we give them, it's homegrown. It's not, so we make sure it's not GMO, no pesticide on it. It doesn't really eat meat. So it's straight up vegan and stuff. So that's one thing also. And um, we just look at his whole body from a holistic standpoint. And it's pretty much how could you achieve your optimal health. And at the same time, too, he has to be engaged in what's going on. So today now he has a smoothie. He's going to ask him, where's my smoothie at? I want this, I want that. This is what I need. So let us know. Whatever he's feeling, he let us know. So he's very engaged in his health. So from Dr. Sebi's standpoint, I feel like it's very similar also because even in the Bible it says the food is in the fruit and the cure treatment is in the leaves of plants and stuff. So we just tried. He brought the Bible in. So he brought Abraham, the Bible. My dad was a dicky, my mom was a dicky. <laughs> we just try to look at the cell. You know, really, sometimes when you eat, think of, you know, feeding your stomach. You feeding your cells. What do your cells need? We do only think about the stomach. What do your, yeah, your cells. What do your cells need? All the um, nutrients, vitamins. How could you achieve that? Or how could you get that? That you could really utilize it. And we just really try to simplify everything that is not just us. Family is involved also. If it family says, support is exactly, very important. Family support. So if he it says it's cold or if it's a certain way, grandma knows what to do, uncle knows what to do, and that's what it just comes down to. That's good. That's, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's... Like I said, it's, it, once again, it's crazy because it seems as though if you just change up your eating habits, go a little vegan, <laughs> um, then you can kind of save yourself mm-hmm. without all the medication. Yeah. And sickle cell, um, what's the whole name of sickle cell anemia? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Sickle cell anemia. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sickle cell anemia. Yes, that's very common amongst mm-hmm. the black community. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you know, mentioning different ways to kind of live with it and prevent inflammation and things like that. That's some information that others should be aware of. Yeah. Okay. That's up. And your uh, your practice of coming up with other ways to. Mm-hmm possibly heal um, the, um, diseases or whatever. 
I think that can start a movement within the medical field for everyone to, you know, stray away from all the big money, from all the drugs and things like that, and maybe try to go look into more holistic ways as a whole, everybody. So that'll be cool. All right. So you you mentioned you're from Nigeria, right? Okay. Well, have you ever tried Ancestry, um, AfricanAncestry.com? <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? I need to know. Oh no, I'm from Nigeria. I'm so a, you know where you're from? Tribe. Yeah, Yoruba tribe. Yeah, yeah everyone I'm doesn't not. know their exact tribe. Yeah. From, you know that's not fair. <laughs> but um, uh-huh. what about you? You ever tried African no. ancestry? I haven't tried it. No, no? <laughs> I was hoping y'all did because I want to try it one day. They they say mm-hmm. that. Um, Black people, African Americans in particular, should try Ancestry. Um, African Ancestry yeah. over Ancestry or the other ones because we need to know more than oh you're from West Africa. Right. Um, you know they said African Ancestry will tell you more specifically like what part and all I think, other things. I mean, I think I'm from Nigeria. I'm from Yoruba tribe. Like I have a lot of um, family knowledge and everything. But some people that told me they did the DNA test and everything, oh, um, they told me I'm 20% Nigerian. I really don't know what that means, mm. me coming from Nigeria. Right. Because we have a lot of tribes in Nigeria. So what tribe are you? So that's mm-hmm. one question I'll say you should ask. What tribe? And then the other thing about Africa, or we know most people here are from West Africa. Almost all from West Africa. So you have Yoruba, you have Igbo, you have Dahomey, you have all these tribes. And they are also located in different countries. Like you have um, Yoruba in Nigeria and Benin. You have Igbo in Nigeria or Cameroon. So it's not just about the country. Because the country map or the map is really artificial. Like, mm-hmm. But we have same tribes in different countries. So I already focus so much on the country. More tribes. More tribes. What does my DNA show? And that's the only thing I'll put out there. All right. Now, mm-hmm. just I just got to ask this. Do you, are you aware of any kind of process that someone like me traveling to Africa all my life, um, and a lot of people really, we've mm-hmm. been, there's been a fear put into us about having to get countless shots to go to me Africa. Me too. Same thing. I had to get one just to come to America. <laughs> had to get shots to come here, hunting. <laughs> this little filthy place. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Wow. bunch of shots. Had to get like 14, 15, 16 shots. Wow. Those days, man. So wait. So, but do you do you think or do you know like an African American, in order to go to Africa, you have to get these shots? Yeah, but it's not that many. It will be different for you because I tell you what you need to get. But you have to think about it. It depends on what shot. You are African and you're going back home. So what shot do you need to get? You know, Akon said something like that. First of all, <laughs> I want to let you know oh, I, I love know how that, that sounds. I didn't even know that. You're going back home. <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm like going to Wakanda. I'm um, but no, Akon said something like that. Like he, he was talking to someone. He was like, you don't have to get shot. So he right. said, you don't. And I'm like, he's pointing at a black person. Is he trying to say that? But anyway, um, 
All right, so I'll look yeah. look no, into that a little bit more. I had to come here. I had to get a bunch of shirts, but I understand now. I could think, okay, I understand why. But since then, since I have to now go back and mm-hmm. they tell me I have to take these shots. No, I really don't really do that. Can you decline shots to travel? Mm-hmm. It's really no mandate that says you have to. It's more precaution. Like that, they scare you and you like yeah, you might want to do that. Yeah, you feel like you need it, but right. like I said, there's some stuff you have to really be wary of and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that your most determining factor should be really be malaria. And it's something I probably had over oh, ten fashion. times, over ten times in my <laughs> lifetime. You can't get away from mosquitoes in Africa and stuff. So knowing like the um, prophylaxis medications you have, to, it's not really a shot. It's a prophylaxis. So a lot of medication you have to take maybe once a week, once a month, or even every day. You have to take just to prevent that. And when you come back or so, you may take it for other couple of weeks. So that would be the main thing. Yeah. But um, when I was in Nigeria, I went to boarding school. So I got malaria like three, four times a year. And I just know what to use. And I started living by myself by probably by the age of 10 years old, I was in boarding school. So I just always had my medications on me and I know what to use. So someone that doesn't really know much about that, that would really be mo- one of the main things I'll say, make sure you have something for that. Mm-hmm. Because the treatment here, it's not the same as over there. Like, if you have malaria in Nigeria, they take care of it like that. But here, it's something that they didn't really know you used to treating. Mm-hmm. And with everything else, you just have to kind of like look at it and also know what area you're going to mm-hmm. and know what you might be exposed to. But it's not, it's not like what you read or what they say it is and stuff. You just mm-hmm. have to kind of have to educate yourself. To really know. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, thank you for clearing that up because mm-hmm. I'm sure people wanted to know about that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, another thing mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm using you for um, Ebola. Mm-hmm. Was that made up? I have to the the conspiracy theorists. We have we ha- you know I have to ask these questions. Yeah. What do you think about Ebola? Either you Ebola like. You know, they were trying to act like it came from Africa, mm-hmm. but then we didn't hear anything else about it. Did you ever educate, like, did you ever come across any patients or anything with Ebola? Not really. No, um, the last time I See, went, they made that I up. didn't come up with, and like I said, I was in um, Nigeria, so he tried made his way to Nigeria. And I can't remember the doctor's name. There was a doctor that was in Lagos State. She actually died from it. But mm. she stopped it before it even became a big thing in Nigeria. But in Liberia, it was pretty big. A lot of people were dying from it. But, but what, what is it exactly? Is it from a bug or something? It could be transmitted in different ways from any body, bodily fluid, from sweat or blood. Um, and I think towards the end, they said it may be heaven, but there was nothing that really proved that it was heaven. Because you could see on, even on TV, people were really dressed in like the masks and stuff, like really fully covered. But where it came from originally is something that we really don't know because from, Ebola has been around for a long time. Oh really? But not in the last thing we saw. It was very different and it spread rapidly. Some people, yeah, some people survived 
and a lot of people died from it. And it's it's, very it's not being talked economy. about anymore. No anymore. Like swine flu. Mm -hmm. Like no one's talking about it anymore. Yeah. Have you ever? Have you guys like given? Not uh, not diagnosed. Prescribed somebody something from uh, for a uh, Zika virus. Mm, no. See, they made all this. <laughs> I'm just gonna conclude that I'm not saying yeah. they they said it, but my opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know where all this stuff come from. All this. Not from here, but you know this Zika virus really started from South America, yeah. and you know we have a lot of large population of South Americans in Miami. And I think that's mm. what they were trying to really prepare people for, to really let them know this stuff is real. And how could we prevent it? Or how could we treat it? Or how could we, um, what do you call it? Um, maybe immunization or prevent people from really getting it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's really from um, something that happened in South America. But a lot of it goes back to just being cautious and just really knowing what's going on out there. And prevention is the key. No matter what you're dealing with, prevention is the key. And going back to like malaria, prevention is the key to that. Mm -hmm. If you're sleeping under a mosquito net or you make sure your house is fully protected or you're using other alternative methods to prevent mosquitoes from coming in and stuff. So, mm -hmm. all right, we, mm -hmm. we, we spoke about mosquitoes and mm -hmm. all that. Where did you guys meet? Where do doctors meet? Where's the doctor land? In school. Like, <laughs> in school, you guys school met in school? The best place. Yes. Nah. I would advise. Shout out to Howard yeah. once again. I would advise anyone, if, if you're lucky enough, try to meet your your partner in school. Yeah. Because I think that's a good time for you to bond with somebody and you really get to know them. The true mm -hmm. self. Yeah, on a personal level. You and they're like, obviously serious about them. something. They went to college. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we majored in the same thing. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, I tried to met before we went to pharmacy school. Right, but we were both interested in yeah. pharmacy. Mm -hmm. So it's like we were studying together. Yeah. And we were like really great friends. A non pharmacy major wouldn't have understood, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Did you, like, um, both of you, did you choose Howard? Like, well, I know your story. Yeah. Did, was Howard a top pick when you chose it? Actually, it wasn't. My top pick was University of Florida. Oh, yeah. UF. All right. Yeah, like I had applied to it. Um, in the fall, I was mm -hmm. trying to do, what is it called, like early admission, mm -hmm. where you just would apply, and then when you get accepted, like mm -hmm. you, you're committed to that school. Right. And I missed the deadline. Like I had to go put it in the mail by five. That was the last day to mail it out, and I didn't make it on time. And I guess there was a reason for that. And then when December came around, my cousin went to Spelman. And one of hey, my hey. Other cousins, I used to want to go there. <laughs> one of my other cousins who went to Hampton, they were in my ear like, I'm telling you, you need to go to an HBCU. There's no excuse. Yes, yeah, yeah. Cousins at Spelman, Hampton. Yes. It's like, you have to go. And then I was like, okay. They mentioned Howard mm -hmm. because Spelman didn't have a pharmacy program. Mm -hmm. Hampton did, but Hampton was in Virginia. But Howard. Was you wasn't going to Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> and I applied in December. Mm -hmm. I got accepted, got a full ride scholarship. So 
And the rest is history. That's, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Did any doctors in your family? I have. Or are you the first? An uncle. Or with a doctorate, huh? Mm-hmm. You have an, an uncle. uncle. He's, a, he's, a, he's a retired OBGYN. Okay. Anybody in your family in the medical field? Or? Yeah, we are almost all of us. I mean, if you come from Nigeria, you really don't have a choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, no, option, that's doctor, funny. Doctor, engineer, engineer. stereotypes. <laughs> no, they just keep it simple, and I really appreciate that because you only have to think about three things: doctor, <laughs> lawyer, engineer. That's funny because you come from an environment of a lot of different doctors <laughs> and different things like that. But you'll be surprised. There's so many people that look like you guys yeah. that they don't know anyone who's a doctor. Yeah. Or, and then you kind of feel so. Mm-hmm. You, I will say, this is like the epitome of positive yeah. black re- representation, black excellence, right yeah. here. Yeah, definitely. You know, also, come on, let's let's hint at black yeah. love going on here now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's so, what's up, black excellence, mm-hmm. black love. Sure. All right, well, um, I'm glad to have you. You know, I want to go. I want to get in your business, but I'm not. I'm going to keep it cute. But, all right. So, how can, how can someone that's watching go about coming to your facility? What should they do? How should they get in contact with you guys? All that good stuff. All right. So, we're located in Miami Gardens, Florida, on 27th Avenue and 171st. Mm-hmm. We're in the Dolphin Plaza, which is where the Winn-Dixie and Planet Fitness is. Ashley Stewart's for some. Right next to us. (laughs) (laughs) Foot Locker. So we're in a you know nice central centrally Mm -hmm. located location. Uh, We're open Monday through Friday, eight to five p.m. We also have some extended hours on um, some certain days out of the week. Maybe close back on the dates. Yeah, we we work with our patients. Like what time you close? So eight to five usually Monday through Friday, and then usually depending on like the appointments we get, we'll stay open later, okay. like up until seven. Yeah. yeah, because we've had people call us, and you know people are like, "I work till five, I work till five thirty, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll definitely um, find a way to accommodate mm-hmm. people. And we um, we do have an Instagram and Facebook, Optimal oh Health God. Med. Yeah, Optimal Health Med. Yes, Facebook. Optimal. Instagram, follow us. Mm-hmm. Our website is optimalhealthmc.com. Telephone number 305 3705. Mm-hmm. Three. <laughs> I love it. Follow culture. <laughs> 4024. 305 704 4024. All right. Black yes. owned, by the way. Black yes. ran. Okay. And um, what, are, what, what, are, what is your goal for the next? Well, how long have you been open so far? Two months. Two months. We actually months. opened. Wow. Uh, we cut the ribbon um, February 27th. And, um, we opened up March 1st. Like, first, that was our grand first opening. First, first appointment was yeah. really March 1st. So it's really been a little bit over two months and stuff. And we've been getting a lot of... But that's of, a short time. It's a yeah. short time, wow. but we've been getting a lot of support from the community. Believe it or not, like, people have been coming in, and it's been great. It's been keeping us busy, but this is what it's all about. It's mm-hmm. all about optimal health. Mm-hmm. Individual, we focus on individual health, so I can't teach you based on a statistic mm-hmm. or based on a guideline. I look at you as an individual. Individual. So mm-hmm. we're planning on expanding 
but we have to start from somewhere. So we're very humble. Mm -hmm. We've been getting a lot of support from the community, and it's great because we're looking forward for the future. And the goal is let's all achieve our optimal health together because we in the process also. We're fully invested. We have a son that's doing that also. So Proof. we just all in the community trying to achieve one goal. And uh, African proverb that says it takes a whole village to raise a child. And I strongly yep. believe in that. Because the next Say generation it. is the next big thing for us. Because there's going to be a day we're going to become older. Who's going to take care of us? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Why would you make us think about that? No, no, you have to because... I know, right? You want someone like you to take care of you. And mm -hmm. we got to start from somewhere. And you know what? To be honest, I'm not really... I'm, there were times where I was looking for black doctor offices. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Unapologetically black, you know. But, and it was hard to come by. Uh, I don't find too many facilities like this. Like, are there in the area like this a little bit? Um, you want to see? Yeah, some, but actually Miami Garden is actually. Um, On this level, shall I Miami say. Miami Garden is actually an area of underserved. So underserved that's, that's what that's i'm one of the reasons that made us even come here in the beginning like it's actually area of underserved a lot of people i think there was a study that was done and showed that oh, is it up yes. to 70 percent of a the people, people that seek medical care in miami gardens go actually out go of, outside of the out community of oh yeah truly so we decided to bring something to the community to but the community it's just not something basic Follow we try culture. to make it more modern something you will see in brico or south beach with the, Broward. Yeah, with Broward, like right here in the community. So you don't have to go far. Everything, mm -hmm. And then also make it all in one. Right. So there's no reason for you to have to deal with a hassle, judgment from somewhere else where mm -hmm. you could come and really feel at home. Right. So that's one of our big thing and commitment. We want to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. All right, that's what I'm talking about. God's gift to the community. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, um, is there anything you want to leave the people with? Y'all pretty much, you know, gave them enough. But is there anything mm -hmm. you want to let them know? Anything coming up or any events? Yeah, we do actually have any, an event coming up. Um, now that I'm thinking about it. In the process? Yes, well, it's coming up next week. We actually have our events like every other Friday, mm -hmm. and we pick different topics. Like we've done kidney disease. Oh, that's good. We did uh, women's health related to heart disease. Yeah. We're doing um, stroke coming up because May is like Stroke Awareness Month, so we're doing a stroke presentation mm -hmm. um, or so stroke workshop. Information week. on yeah. it. Oh, wow. Also, the so prevention and also management, management and stuff you have to do. Mm -hmm. Who do yeah. you do this for? Community. For community. It's, it's open, open to the community to And it's free. Yeah. And it's free. Yes. yes. It's free information. Good food. That's yeah, we have food and yeah. Now you know you got to feed us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just playing. <laughs> Nobody wants to sit down and hear some people chipping and talking, but you know, there's food. We're hungry too, so we eat and stuff. Yeah. But it's something that we really need to focus on. It's just education. If you know what you may do, you could do to prevent it, or if you have a loved one, sometimes mm -hmm. it takes more than one to manage it. Mm -hmm. So, 
let's just educate the community to know what stroke is about, how to prevent it, or how to really manage it. Right. And right. there's something else that we're really big on that we know this is also a lot of our seniors do take a lot of medications. Mm. And sometimes with us being drug experts, some of those medications could have adverse effects, side effects, or um, they, have, they may have different specialty doctors or different physicians. And sometimes the interactions could really cause, uh, what do you call it? Could really eat, lead to like negative effects. So we try to sit down with our seniors and go over everything. Their lab work, the medications this doctor prescribed, and this other doctor prescribed to make sure there's no cross interactions between mm -hmm. it. Or if they're interested good. in taking some natural stuff, mm -hmm. and we also advise them on that. Right. And then when we see uh, something in their lab or something add up with the medication we, they take, mm -hmm. we could um, contact their doctor to make a recommendation. And this has nothing to even do with the medical side. This is just something we do through our foundation. I didn't even mention maybe we have a non-profit foundation okay. that we try to give back to the community. So all this is free with uh, sitting down with them and just going over their pretty much old medical mm. plan, medication, and just wow. make sure they know yeah. exactly what they're doing. Because the overall goal of the foundation is to engage, educate, and empower them to take care of their own health or take charge of their own health. Right. So if they even have a physician they like going to and they trust, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But know what questions to ask them when you go see them. And then also know what screenings you need to do. My father passed away of stomach cancer at the age of 52. He was very young. And with what I know now, there's no way he should have passed away from the condition he had. But we didn't know what questions to ask mm. or what to look for. So I want to be able to educate people. Very important. And wow. with me also, at a certain age, I need to ask for this test. This shows up in my life, guess what? This is what's next. So you have to do a screening at a certain time. And even with um, having hypertension, high blood pressure, there's some screenings you have to do at a certain age. You need to make sure your doctor is doing it. And at the end of the day, your overall goal is optimal health. When you feel I don't even think that's older, happening. You need to be healthy and feel lively and enjoy your life. Live your optimal health and happy. live to the fullest and be if you have optimal health, you're gonna be happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? For real. So y'all check on that health now. Yes. Black folks. Well, check in with us next week. We'll have another episode up with DJ E. Feezy. But for now, that's it with doctors Abraham Hollis and Kristen Hollis. Thank you for having us. Thank, thank, you. thank you. All right, Polar Culture, and we out. Season three.